Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else, however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. So um, I looked this up this morning, and I have no clue why. Um, But um, there's a poem that I read a long time ago, and you've probably all heard of it. It's called Where the Sidewalk Ends by Shel Silverstein. You heard of this poem? All right? So I'm going to read it out, and and, um, I think it has special significance for this morning, and then I'm going to pray. Um, This is a place where the sidewalk ends, and before the street begins... And there the grass grows soft and white, and there the sun burns crimson bright. There the moonbird rests from his flight to cool in the peppermint wind. Let us leave this place where the smoke blows black, and the dark street winds and bends past the pits where the asphalt flowers grow. We shall walk with a walk that is measured and slow, and watch where the chalk white arrows go to the place where the sidewalk ends. Yes, we'll walk with a walk that is measured and slow, and we'll go where the chalk-white arrows go. For the children, they mark, and the children, they know the place where the sidewalk ends. I think this morning, God's challenging us to let go of what, what was, right? This morning, right? Everybody's had a week, right? And it probably... Went well for some people and not so well for other people. But in this moment, in God's presence, Jeremiah says that if you call to God and you, and you call to Him with all of your heart, that He'll answer you. And He will show you great and amazing things that you've never seen. So this morning... You know, we've already talked, um, we've already, um, we didn't talk before the service. But, um, you know, what an interesting passage of Scripture to use for communion. Right? It was a challenge. What are you thinking about this morning? Where's your heart at when you're taking communion? Here in a few minutes, I'm going to be talking about another sacrament of baptism. And, and again, we're going to challenge you, where is your heart on this this thing that we do and see and are a part of all the time. But I really feel like the Holy Spirit is challenging us this morning to go past what we know, where our week has left us, and to experience like a child the presence of God. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your presence. It's here. I can feel it. (sighs) 
We worship you, God, for the opportunity to be here. We know that life is not so affording sometimes. And God, we, we come in this place and in this moment here in your presence and we lay down what the week has given us. Whether it's pain, whether it's joy, whether it's whatever it is. We lay it down in your presence. We lay it down in love. We lay it down because of what you've done for us. I pray, God, that as we go forward in this service that you would speak through me and you would give me the words, God, that need to be spoken. And I pray, God, that as we hear those words today, that you would, you would work deeply in each heart and in each mind to reveal your love. In Jesus' name. Can we sing that chorus one more time? name is like honey on my lips your spirit's like water to my soul your word is a lamp on to my feet Jesus I love you Oh, I love you, oh, your name is like honey on my lips. Your spirit's like water to my soul. Your words led unto my feet. And Jesus, I love you. I love you. Thank you, guys. Guys, could you play a little music while the baskets are being passed? Just from the bumper list. Hey, that's a good one. That's a good choice. Sounds like dancing music. Thank you, guys. Okay, so um, I'm going to give you a little bit of um, I'm going to give you a little bit of um, um, insight into how I prepare. Um, now, if um, I, I worked with the teens for a while, so um, they can tell you this pretty well because um, 
But I, I, um, I like to prepare. I like to prepare well. Okay, and and I, I'm I'm pretty good at, at making the slides and doing all of that stuff. But um, um, the more I, I tried in my own power to do that kind of thing this week, the more God fought against me. Okay, so um, it's a very stripped down service this morning. There's not going to be a whole lot of slides, um, and I that's on purpose. And I think that the point was was to lay aside the trappings. Right, to lay aside the things that we would normally see and do so that we can see what God wants. So um, in starting this process, when Joel asked me to speak, um, he gave me three verses. And y'all, three verses is not a whole lot. So, um, and I mean, I, I'm just, from, from my personal experience, three verses is not a whole lot. It's really not a lot to cover. And I'm thinking to myself, and I'm supposed to speak for 45 minutes. This ought to be good. Okay, so um, it is Super Bowl Sunday, so hopefully we get out of here by noon, all right? But um, the, uh, the first two questions that popped in my mind when I was preparing for this is, okay, what is baptism, and why was Jesus baptized? All right, so those are the first two questions that popped in my head. So I started, I started reading, I read through the, 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 the three Gospels um, um, to the, the, the place where Jesus was baptized to kind of take a look, and, and I, uh, I listened to a couple of things um, through podcasts, and I, um, I just, I tried to, I tried to, f- to put as much information inside my mind to prepare as I could, um, and then when I, I sat down and I tried to do, um, I tried to do the, uh, the written you know, because this is real easy for the sound booth to follow, right? Okay, like Joel does, not happening. All right, I didn't get that far, okay? Um, and again, that's probably by design, you know, because um, really this morning needs to be about God, not about what I can produce and not about what the tech team can produce, but about who God is and what he's done. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So, um, um, baptism is a sacrament, and it's something that if you've been around um, in churches and Christian circles long enough, it's been there pretty much your entire life. It has for me. Um, you know, I've, I was baptized a long time ago, um, but when I, looked, when I looked at this portion of Scripture, a couple of things jumped out at me, um, but the fact still remains is that if, if you have been around church for any length of time, and you have experienced this in some way or another, right? I've experienced it personally, and I've experienced it through other people, right? It's an amazing experience. Um, if, you're a, if, you're, if you're a father or a mother, you know this. It's an amazing experience to watch somebody that you've poured your life into make that declaration of faith, right? It's pretty awesome to watch that happen, right? And I've seen that a couple of times. Um, but... It, I, you know, it's, a, it's something that we experience. It's something that's a part of our history as a church. Um, one of the things I did was I kind of dug into the origins of baptism. And the origins, um, it, the earliest that I could find were probably in the Bible, right? In the first temple, right? Um, they used water to, to clean themselves before they approached the temple, before they approached the place where God's spirit was. Right. So, for instance, if in the in the course of your day in the Bible, you had to move or remove a dead body from somewhere, if you touched that body at all, then it was you had to go to 
the Jordan River and you had to, well, I think it was the Jordan River, and you had to wash yourself, right? You had to dip into the Jordan River, into the river to wash yourself so that you could come before the presence of God, okay? Because you had touched something that was dead and, and, and according to Jewish law, that was a defilement of your body. So um, as far back as, as the first temple, um, you know, we can read about that, that type of thing where we used water to kind of wash away um, what was there. Um, I also came across some really interesting experiences or ex- interesting things like um, in the Middle Ages, St. Augustine, um, he was really the first one that, that kind of pushed for children, baptism, uh, the baptism of children, okay, um, which we still see today. Um, that he, he reasoned that, um, you know, it was uh, part of, since, since Jesus commanded his disciples to do it, then it was necessary for the salvation process. So then children should be baptized early so that that part is over with and done, so that it's complete. It wasn't really, uh, it wasn't really for, for him, it wasn't really um, a, uh, it w- wasn't really a, a sign, a symbol, an outward symbol. It was something that had to be done as part of the process. Um, the, re- the one I, re- I came across that was really interesting was in 895 AD, the Council of Tiber, which is a, uh, I think, a, um, a town in, in Italy, I think, or something like that. But um, they, they, they um, decided that um, since, since Jesus was dead for three days, that um, your baptism was a symbol of Jesus' death. So then they would take you under the water three times before letting you up, come up for air, right? And I'm thinking to my experience, and I'm like, man, that would have been intense, right? I mean, you know, because you, you go under the water and you come back up, and what's the first thing you do? You gasp for air, right? What if in the process of gasping for air, you're put right back under the water? <laughs> that would be rough. Um, it would scare a lot of people away, too. But um, it, it, it was interesting, though, to come across all of those different things. And the one thing I noticed in researching what baptism was and the history of baptism is that as a Christian church, we've had lots of different ideas and shapes and, and different things, the different ways that we baptize people from pouring water on their heads to sprinkling them with water to full immersion. I mean, it, the scope and the size of baptism has changed a lot over the years and over the different denominations. Okay. Um, we, we choose to see Jesus as our example and use immersion, but the fact of the matter still remains is that that's, that's what, that's what happens. And so, um, like, I know that, you know, when I was reading through, I was, I was hearing how, you know, people disagreed and how, you know, things just, they split, you know, churches split because of this sacrament, because I believe this way and I believe this way. And so we can't talk, right? Um, well, that doesn't make any sense to me, but the fact remains is that baptism, the sacrament of baptism has been a real tension in the Christian church for a long time. Right? It's, it's been that way for as long as it's been a sacrament, probably. Um, I think um, even in the Bible, Paul came across that and he was talking about how, you know, he baptized somebody, but somebody said that he baptized this person in his name and not in Jesus' name and a bunch of mess. Right? So the deal is, is that it's part of, part of who we are and, and part of, uh, our, our faith, okay, but um, there's a tension, you know, in, in, in the Vineyard Church, we believe that there's a tension between the, the not yet and the now, okay, and, and, and I believe there's a lot to say about that where 
um, baptism is concerned. So um, my experience with baptism, um, I was baptized about eight, eight or nine years old. Um, and to be totally honest, um, I thought I knew what it was about, um, you know, but looking back, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. you realize that, you know, as an eight or nine year old, you have no clue, right? Um, the, there, there were points in my life as I look back, you know, like the experience itself, okay? It was a cold February morning and um, my church used a pool, which was awesome because it was heated, all right, it was like 28 degrees outside, but it was a heated pool, so that was pretty cool. Um, I remember standing there with my mom and my grandma, and and, and seeing you know their faces as I you know um, as I was getting ready to go under the water and the pride and all of that. It was a pretty cool, awesome experience, and I remember talking to the pastor about it and hearing how this was a a symbol of me laying down my old life. And you know, at that point in my childhood, things had not been good. So the idea of getting rid of what I had and taking on something new sounded pretty awesome, right? And again, it was what we did. It was what we did. You got saved and then you got baptized. And that was part of what we did. That was the ritual, right? That was, that was it. So I really truly didn't understand entirely what it was or what it meant. You know, later as an adult in my 20s, when I was really dealing with the, the, the stuff of the past, the one thing I realized was, you know, if this truly was a moment where I was telling God and everybody that I'm walking away from my sinful life, which is what we believe, why would I paint a, 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 a uh, target on my back? Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, do you get that? Um, I'm, I'm telling this to Satan, too. It may be a declaration of faith for everybody sitting here, but I'm telling my sworn enemy that he has no access. So what do you think happens next? <laughs> yeah. So why? And so in my 20s, I thought that, that I, I asked myself those questions. I'm like, why would I do that? <laughs> you know, why would you have somebody do that? Why would that be something that would be a part of what we do if, you know, um, and it, it wasn't until later that I truly understood the, the, the actual baptism process and what it what it was and what it did for you but those were things that I experienced you know that was my baptism experience and um and you know I I I remember being told that you know coming up out of that water I was marked by God and that was true right whenever I choose to lay down my life for God and I choose to make it an open public display Right? Well, that gets God's attention too. Right? And you, you do, you get marked by God. Right? And you, he starts doing all kinds of things on the inside of you. Which was true. Again, you know, looking back, I can see all of that. But there were points where I didn't understand this at all. And so as an eight and nine year old, that was not something that I understood. So um, I don't have any of these on the, on the slide, but I'm going to... Um, I'm gonna, we're going to walk through the Bible real quick and, 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 and talk about baptism. Um, what it was, um, what it is. So um, in Matthew uh, 28, 18, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. Um, or on your phone app, I'll give you a second to look it up. One of the questions I asked 
um, was, you know, what is baptism, right? And the, when I first started getting ready for today, I, I asked, what is baptism? And, and, um, and you know, I, I looked up the, the word and, and looked up some scriptures that I knew about it. And um, in Matthew, Jesus gives us baptism as a command, right? He says, he tells his disciples right before he takes off, right before he goes to heaven, he goes, look, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. So it was a command. So it is something that we should be doing, right? It is something that we should be taking part in, right? It's a command. It's something that God told us that we needed to do. So who is baptism for? You know, um, in Acts, in, in the early church, Acts 2, verse 41, the, uh, the, the Peter baptized everybody, right? Acts 2, verse 41, it says that um, those who accepted his message, this was the day of Pentecost, right? He preached to thousands of people, and the Bible says that 3,000 were added to the church that day. Right? It says, those who accepted his message were baptized. Right? Could you imagine that, that sight? You think about that? Thousands of people, as far as you could see probably, right on the sea. Right? And they're, they're, they're I don't know where they were baptizing people. I guess they were in the middle of Jerusalem. I don't know if they had somewhere to baptize people, but it says that everybody... You know, maybe they took them outside of, of Jerusalem and baptized them. But every, all 3,000 people, have you all ever been at a baptism where there's more than like 10 people? All right, it takes a while, right? This was probably all day, all night, and then again the next day. But every person that believed the message, what message? The message that Jesus had come and that he'd laid his life down and we could be reunited with God the Father. That was the message. And so everybody that believed that message then was baptized. Why? To show that they believed the message. So then, so then you know, it's a command and it's, it's something that, um, that is for everybody. So um, what is baptism? And Paul, he speaks a lot about this in several different, several different books of the Bible. He talks about um, baptism, you know, and how um, in Colossians, if you go under the water, it's like being buried with Jesus in the grave, right? And, and um, in Romans 6, verses 1 through 4, Paul's talking about being dead to sin, Right? And this is baptism. This is what we're professing when we are baptized, when we're put under the water and we're brought back up. This is what we're professing. Right? That we're dead to sin. So Paul asked this question of the, of the Romans. He goes, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning and hoping that God's grace is bigger and better? By no means. We died to sin. So how can we live in it any longer? Or do you not or do you know that all or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Baptism is a, is is symbolically being killed, right? Laying your life down for who Jesus or for, with Jesus on the cross. That that was what 
that was what it was. He says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may too live a new life. This is the point of baptism. This is the point of, of why we, we have the sacrament. This is the reason why we do this. Right? It's so that we can make a public profession that I have laid my life down with Jesus Christ and coming up out of that water, then I am a new creation, right? 2 Corinthians 5.17, amazing verse of Scripture. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Right, this, is, this is the place where the rubber meets the road, right? So you've decided to make that decision. You've decided to lay down your life for Christ. Okay? Something's not right. Okay, and what I mean by something's not right is when you take a look at the picture of Jesus being baptized, right? And you, and you, and you look at what the Bible has to say about water baptism... Those two things don't gel. Okay? What I mean by that is that Jesus was the Son of God. He was born of a virgin so that he didn't carry with him the parental lineage of sin. So he didn't have a sin nature to lay down. He didn't have something to be buried for. At that moment... Just coming into his ministry, he didn't have that, right? That's what we believe. We believe he was born of a virgin. That means that the sin nature didn't come with that birth. So then why was Jesus baptized if not to, as a symbol that I'm laying down the sin in my life? What was the point of Jesus being baptized? 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that Jesus, who knew no sin, was made sin for us. Okay, that verse tells us that Jesus knew no sin. So he's about 30 years old in this, 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 uh, this text. We're going to go ahead and put the text up on the screen, Matt. Jesus is about 30 years old, and he is, uh, for the first time in his life, right, you don't really see anything. His, uh, his interaction with John the Baptist, um, according to the Bible, has been very little. Right, if you remember, um, a couple of weeks ago, Joel talked about their interaction um, with, uh, you know, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, coming into Elizabeth's house, and John responded to the Holy Spirit in Mary in the form of Jesus. He responded in the womb. Right, so this is the only interaction that that I'm aware of that the Bible has between Jesus and John the Baptist up to this point. Right. So, so Jesus, let's read, let's, let's, let's read our, our text. This is Mark 1, um, 9 through 11. It says, At the time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. So that's an awesome picture. Right, And it's been portrayed lots of different ways and places. I think the one that I saw that was really the most interesting was, um, I think it was a, a Catholic version where it was, be, his, his, uh, they were pouring a cup of water over his head, right? And the dove was above it. That was pretty interesting. 
Um, a couple of things. A couple of things. When I was asking my, myself this question, why would Jesus be baptized? A couple of things jumped out at me here. Okay. Um, the first thing is is that um, look at look at all of the look at all of the um, the, the things that say you or or I. You know, at the time Jesus came from Nazareth, right? Verse ten it says, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven open. Right? He saw heaven open. And the Spirit descending, descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son. This was a very personal moment for Jesus. Right? His baptism was a very personal moment. It was something that was very personal to him. Now in the other Gospels, it doesn't have such a personal tent on the baptism of Jesus. It was more of a, of a show for other people. But in Mark, it shows that it was a very personal event for Jesus. Can you imagine that day? Right? He walks himself out of his house at the age of 30, away from mom, away from brothers, away from dad, away from being a carpenter. Right? And, and somehow finds himself near the Jordan River and being baptized by this man, John. Now, we probably know that the Holy Spirit led him in that place. But what I'm saying is that he walked out of everything that he knew. Right? And so this moment for him was very personal. It was something that was close to him. And, and if you've ever been baptized, it's a very personal thing. Right? Because you've made a decision to follow Christ so it's a very personal thing. The second thing that, that I, I noticed was the fact that he laid down his life. So he didn't have a sin nature to lay down, but he was walking away from everything he knew. Right? He was getting ready to go into the backside of the desert where he would be tempted for 40 days and then start his earthly ministry. This was all new to him. The one thing that really struck home, though, the one thing that really struck home was, was God's proclamation. Now, in, in the Bible, we know that Jesus performed many miracles. And in the Bible, we know that Jesus put demons in their place. And in the Bible, we know that Jesus healed and, and he set people free and, and all of those things. We know that Jesus did that. Right? And in Matthew 28, we read that God had given him all authority to do that. But before any of that ever happened, look what God tells him. You're my son. I love you. And I am pleased. Before Jesus ever started his ministry, God was forming his identity. God was creating in him something that would help him in the backside of the desert. Right? He was, he was putting in him something that would stand the test, right? This was before he became Jesus the minister, before he became the rabbi of 12 men. It was before he fought, you know, uh, money changers in the temple. It was before all of that. This is God the Father building in him an identity. This was his identity. This is what he walked into the desert with, was his identity, Jesus, he, uh, in, in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 3, 
verse 15. Or actually, let's go to verse 13. Um, this is the baptism of Jesus from Matthew's point of view. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him by saying, I need to be baptized by you. Like, I need to be baptized by you. I don't know what you're doing here for me to baptize you. Jesus replied, let it be so now. It's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. So it's interesting when you look up the word righteousness. If you look it up in today's dictionary, it's right standing, right? It means right standing before God. It's something that we, we know well, the, 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 the idea of righteousness. We don't necessarily know it well here, but we understand what righteousness means. It's right standing before God. Okay, but, but in biblical times, all right, it was, it was more than just right standing before God. It was, it, was, it was covenant. And it's very interesting that we mentioned covenant this morning because the reason Jesus was baptized, I mean, all of those things popped out, but the reason Jesus was baptized was to fulfill covenant. See, before, before, the, before, the, before the world was formed... God was a covenant God. And in Genesis, when he cut the covenant with Moses, he put Moses asleep, right? It said that Moses, Moses fell asleep, but, but he saw in what was like a dream, a burning pot and smoldering ash or something like that. And that was, Moses could not make the covenant with God, so Jesus stepped in. All the way back in, from creation forward, God has been a covenant-making God. And this was the reason Jesus was baptized. It was not necessarily to say, I'm laying down my sin life, and not necessarily to, to, it was personal experience for him, but he did it so that the covenant could move forward, so that the Holy Spirit could come so that we could live as covenant individuals. He's our example. And so, yes, we should do this. But it doesn't need to be a form of religion. It doesn't need to be simply, this is what we do when we get saved. Right? You're, uh, the one thing that I have learned... From, uh, from my experience is that out of a heart of gratitude, worship comes, right? So regardless of whether things are good or bad, out of a heart of gratitude, worship comes. In understanding baptism as an, as an individual, it's important that we not only just see what what is said about baptism and that it's a command, right? But when it's our time, when it's our opportunity to experience that, that we understand that it's because Jesus is a covenant Jesus and God is a covenant-making God and Jesus did everything that was necessary for us to be a part of that. He did lay down his life. He did show us through example, what was supposed to happen. Okay, but he also created this opportunity for us to touch and reach God the Father. 
when he died on the cross, the veil was torn, giving us access to the God of all creation. Covenant. The God of covenant gave us an opportunity to reach him. And that was the plan from the very beginning. The whole plan from creation to the book of Revelation. It talks about how God is a covenant God and how the whole point was to take the creation that had, had fallen away and bring it back to himself. So there, that's where my notes end. Um, and I, I, I feel like, well, I, I feel like that um, it's important that you understand that um, the idea of this morning is to, is to lay, down, lay down the sacraments, right? If, if, if baptism and if taking communion is something that is just normal, then we're missing the point. If... Uh, we're, we're missing the idea that God is a covenant God and that he's made a way for us to reach him. If we sit in service and we sing songs just because that's what we do, then we're missing the point. The point is, is that Jesus came and he did everything that was necessary for us to reach God, to step into his presence, to be in his presence every single day. And so if these things are just sacraments, if these things are just something that we do, something that we're a part of, something that we've always done, then I would challenge you today to go where the sidewalk ends, right? To, to choose to see it the way that God wants you to see it. To choose to, to see a covenant keeping, covenant-making God who did everything that was necessary for us to be a part of covenant. Can you bow your heads?